Oak Tree Memorials was started after experiencing firsthand the challenges of finding modern memorials made from exceptional and sustainable materials that one would want to actually have in their home and live with. The founders wanted to create a solution that not only met their family's needs, but also helped others who were facing the same challenge. After asking friends and family if they had similar experiences, they realized that many others were also struggling to find urns that were both beautiful, discreet, and environmentally friendly. With this in mind, they sought out to design and curate a one-of-a-kind contemporary collection of urns and jewelry crafted from the highest quality of materials for you and your family. Go to oaktreememorials.com and use the code OBSESSED at checkout for 15% off any item of your choosing. Welcome back to another episode of Obsessed with Death. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and support the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have writer and director Colin Campbell. Uh, He wrote a book titled Finding the Words. Working Through Profound Loss with Hope and Purpose. The book is about a great loss that Colin suffered, of course. Uh, In the book, he discusses the tragedy of losing his two children and how him and his wife dealt with the loss and worked through their grief and how they continue to work through their grief and what sort of helped them through that journey. Um, Colin also has a one-man show that he is performing and put together based around uh, the, the grief that he had dealt with and sort of part of the inspiration that goes along with the book he wrote. Uh, Colin is uh, a fantastic human being. I absolutely loved our conversation. Such an inspiration. Definitely check out Colin's book, Finding the Words, Working Through Profound Loss with Hope and Purpose, especially if you're somebody who is dealing with grief, going through grief, you know, like the beginning stages of grief currently, Um, or maybe you know somebody that you think it would be a good book for them to check out that maybe will help them with their currently going through while grieving. Uh, Also, just an incredible book. Colin is such a great writer. I think anybody could read this book. You don't necessarily need to be grieving to enjoy it, but it's a fantastic book, and it's a great episode, and I'm so excited for you to listen. So please enjoy another episode of Obsessed with Death. So we'll just get right into it, um, cool. which, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, very excited to chat with you. Uh, like, I, like I mentioned just before we got started here, uh, somebody, I wish I could remember who, someone posted about your book on Instagram. I wish I could remember who it was. I'll have to go back and see if I could find who it was, but I saw someone posted about your book on Instagram and I immediately... Uh, did a little bit of research and was like, oh, I absolutely need to speak to this person. Um, oh, nice, nice. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to, to chat with you. Obviously, um, you know, before we get into too much here, you know, this the subject matter of your book um, is, 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 is I, I hate to, this is obviously, you know, 
this podcast is sort of based around these conversations around death. I, I sort of started the podcast because I just I thought about it a lot. It's it was like consuming my life in in certain ways that that were becoming unhealthy, and I was just oh. trying to find a way to, to 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 talk about it more. And it's just sort of morphed into this thing where I obviously I'm having these conversations and I think they're helpful, but it's like I feel like I'm just like I'm learning so much more about other people and the mm. way they sort of live their life and how death is a part of their life. And somehow that that's yeah. that's helped too. Um, <laughs> so I'd like to sort of start this off, and, and this might may seem like a silly question because of the nature of your book and, and sort of the way this conversation's gonna go. Um, but I I like to start the episodes off by asking people like what your relationship and this doesn't have to be directly related to you know, again, what your your book covers, but what is your relationship with death like? Or what was it like maybe before? You know, mm. all of this this happened. Did you think about death a lot? Was it something that that worried you, that concerned you? Did it consume you at all? Um, you know, what what was that yeah. relationship like? You know, I I I didn't have I didn't think about it too much. Um, and you know, a lot of people. I'm so I'm I'm fifty three now, and uh, and people <laughs> in my age sometimes they don't love their birthdays. I kind of always loved my birthday. Um, I didn't mind getting older. Um, and I think actually a large part of it was really because I had these two beautiful children, Ruby and Hart. Um, and I, I kind of I kind of loved all of us getting older um, because I was so interested in who they were going to become as adults. And I loved spending time with them. And somehow it was okay that I was getting older, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and now it's it's a very different feeling um uh you know ruby and Hart were killed in 2019 and uh and so my relationship to death has shifted dramatically um in the sense that uh first of all it just seems like I was living in in a sense in a kind of a, a optimistic bubble I'm still a very optimistic person believe it or not but um, I, I guess I had the luxury of not having to think about death. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And now I'm like, oh, everybody's going to die. We're all going to die, and we're going to die sooner than we think. <laughs> and um, yeah. and that, that enters my mind a lot more um, than it ever had before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really unfortunate, um, you know, that there's people in life who sort of get that reminder way too soon and that's absolutely what has happened to you um as you mentioned you did lose two of your children that's um basically the the um the reason for your book which is finding the words which i think is the most appropriate title i think Mm. you could you could (laughs) have for a book that is that is covering the topic that you're thank you that you're yeah you're covering because would are there words there are no words i i don't know how you (laughs) i don't know how you even begin to discuss something like that obviously you know grief is is very very uh difficult for for some people um in the sense of trying to figure out how to grieve um Mm -hmm. i guess what i'm curious about is you know how long how long after 
the accident did you decide i need to the, i need to find like a creative outlet for this or was yeah. did you always know it was going to be a book right away or or how did that start yeah yeah well first of all i, I just you know I, I i prefer to refer to it as a crash rather than an accident okay only because um the woman who who killed my children she she got drunk and high and then she got behind the wheel and then she sped yeah so those seem like intentional choices on her part um absolutely and so uh, yeah so i prefer to refer to it as a crash and in terms of uh, uh, articulating it or, or finding a creative expression to my grief it was very soon it was just a few days after the crash a few days after the funeral really that i started writing this solo show um and i conceived of it actually as a as a piece of stand-up i thought it was going to be a, a stand-up comedic routine wow uh, super dark like my idea was like this is going to be the darkest stand-up people have ever experienced <laughs> um and I, I wrote about you know two pages of it and I showed it to my wife uh, and she she said, you know, I, I love this, keep writing. Um, and this is so, so early in our grief. Um, yeah. Have you so, have you done stand-up before no, this at all? No. No, I, I've done theater. So so okay. uh, I, I'm a uh, I've, I've written plays and I've directed plays and and uh, and I used to act. So um yes, I'm definitely in the theater world. Sure. So it made sense. It, Piece of theater and actually it, it turned into a a solo show so it's no longer i don't think of it it's not a stand-up routine anymore it's a piece of theater it's so uh, interesting is, to me though that you, your immediate thought was like because obviously one man show theater there could be so many different elements to that but you're like no yeah. this is stand-up comedy yep <laughs> that's so that's yeah. so interesting yeah yeah I, I think it was a lot about like anger you know i had yeah i had vast um you know uh warehouses of rage at the universe uh the universe yeah. had taken away my children um and left me bereft and i was angry and didn't really know how to process it and so it came out in the in the sort of darkest vein of, of humor um so I, I wrote i kept writing it um and so it, it eventually became within the first five months i had finished writing it uh it was a, it's a full-length show wow. now and um and I wanted to perform it in front of an audience, but it was such fresh grief. Uh, I, I tried it out. I memorized it and tried it out on some some friends, and I think I just tortured them. I think I really just uh, it was just a, a, an exercise in, um, in in trauma, basically, because they loved Ruby yeah. and Hart, and they love me. Of course, here they are listening to this story. And and I'm and I'm falling apart as I as I do this perform this piece. But then COVID happened. Uh, we all went into lockdown, and so I, I couldn't perform it. Uh, thankfully, I couldn't inflict it on anybody else at that moment. And then I started writing my book. So as soon as we went into lockdown, I still had that urge, that urge to process. And that's really what I think the the title comes from. The finding the words is that I, I think, as you said, you know, what? How do we begin to talk about it? you know, it seems so daunting. And yet I think for, for grievers in particular, we need to find the words. I, I certainly needed to find the words to talk about it uh, because it was so hard for me to just literally process and comprehend and believe that it yeah. was real, you know? Um, and so so that's sort of what the finding the words is, is, is for the grievers helping, hopefully helping grievers um, find ways of articulating their feelings because it's so hard and yet we have to, because how else can we understand what's happening to us? 
Yeah, grief is just such a complicated thing. Um, I spoke to um, this woman, Mary Frances O'Connor. She's a neuroscientist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She she wrote a book called The Grieving Brain, and she is a yes. neuroscientist, and she studies people who are currently grieving. She studies basically their brains as they're grieving. Yes, I, I I have her book. <laughs> it's a I it's a great book. I have it as well. I'm yeah. actually getting ready to give it to a friend, and um, yeah, it's it's the brain obviously is, and she discusses this, and the brain is the, this problem solver, right? So it's like, how right. do we solve this problem? Yep. And when you're grieving, it's trying to solve your grief, which is an impossible task. So yeah. I think I think that's yeah that's what makes gr grief you know this this really difficult thing and and why we try and find all these different ways to deal with it you know whether it's you know doing doing the stand up routine in front of your friends <laughs> which I I love I I don't know why I love that so much um, or you know writing writing this book um, something that I know uh, or or that I that I I, I noticed you included in the book were these sort of journaling prompts was that something mm -hmm. that that you also you know obviously i would assume writing this book was was a way of grieving and, and helped you grieve but w no. was there anything that you were writing that was just like for yourself or did you yeah. sort of put everything into the book no i did i i journaled uh every day for the first year uh after the crash and uh, i'd never journaled before Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I don't think my journal entries are interesting at all. Oh, <laughs> I really, oh, really? That, to, for other people, I, my, okay. I, I think I, I just, it was just literally me. I needed to, I needed to write about what was happening, what I was thinking about. Um, and that was helpful. That was helpful because I had a lot of scary thoughts, um, and, and some dark thoughts and, mm -hmm. And a lot of confusion um and there's a lot of aching and uh i would write those things down and i would also just write literally like what i did that day just it seemed helpful to me to just oh, that's interesting catalog what i what i had done and i i think it was because uh i found a lot of help in the idea of taking action of doing things and so um if I just sat and wrote like, okay, on Thursday, I, I went out, I had tea with Jason and then I took a walk with, uh, you know, my, my friend Corey. And then, um, and then I, I, <laughs> then I wrote a little bit in my one man show and that somehow helped me. And I think it was because it, it reassured me that I was still in life, that I was, I was, active in life and not just a victim of, of grief. Yeah. So I, I wrote those prompts in my book. Uh, I, I showed it to a, uh, a early version to my, to a friend of mine, I said my sister-in-law and she said, there's too many journaling prompts. It's going to be overwhelming for these poor people in grief. <laughs> and I, and I, I yeah. so I, so I put in the book, like, you, know, you don't have to do all of them. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> this suggestions, sure. please don't, please don't feel like you need to answer all these questions. But, um, but yeah, the, it was very useful to me. And so I, I thought it would be helpful um, to others to just plant seeds for things to write about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, 
again, I because I, grief is just such this 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 complicated thing, and then I feel like there's just so many different ways to grieve. Um, I I I like what you said there, where it's like you just you you know it, it it's it's good to 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 essentially I feel like what you're saying is like to stay busy, right? Is to like keep your mind busy. Yeah, but not I I think not busy as in distracted. Um, you know, okay. there's it's very it's very. Um, I think I think I have this phrase that uh, it's it's somewhat um, <laughs> incendiary, but I believe I really believe this that we all grieve the same. Uh, and we all avoid our grief in our own individual unique ways. And it, that's not to uh, throw any shade on avoiding grief because we all avoid grief and, and, and we need to at times. But I think the actual act of grieving is, is pretty much the same for all of us. And that is engaging with, with the pain, talking about, talking about our grief to other people and talking about our loved ones to other people or expressing our thoughts about our grief and our loved ones in any kind of artistic form, like writing or singing or, or even, even dance, uh, jogging, like whatever it is, but, but we've got a process. I believe we, uh, you know, it's so, it's so tempting to try and compartmentalize it sort of, you were sort of hinting at the idea of like, keep ourselves busy, like distracted, like don't think about our loss. Yeah. But I think that that is not, we all do it, of course, and we need to, but if that's all we're doing, then I feel like we're cheating ourselves and we're, we're adding to our suffering, honestly. We're reducing our pain in the moment, but we're actually increasing our suffering because uh, we, we need to process this, this loss. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, so, so my thought is keeping ourselves busy in engaging with the grief. So, so when I say like, oh, I you know took a walk with my friend Jason, it was to take it was, it was in order to talk about my grief and Ruby and Hart. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. to talk about the weather. Um, sure. So, so that that's sort of what I'm, what what helped me the most is having activities that in some way either honored Ruby and Hart or gave me opportunities to think about and process their loss. And again, not exclusively. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a big room for distraction for sure. We gotta we gotta take care of ourselves. We have to we have to um, treat ourselves kindly, and uh, and so sometimes you you just need to watch a movie or have an ice cream and and not be obsessed with death. <laughs> just to tie it in with you. Yeah, <laughs> with no, your I like that. Yeah, you know. well done. Yeah, I no, I'm. Uh... Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, I think that's that's a really interesting way of putting it. Um, I've never really thought about it that way. But yeah, I guess we do sort of all grieve in the same way in the sense that grieving is, you know, is in the sense, obviously, of, of losing someone or or more than one um, and having to deal with that loss in that mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, sure. We do sort of grieve in the same way. Um, something that I think is it's interesting at, at least in in your situation is you are clearly a very creative person and mm. i think that there's a ton of value in that where as in there are people who are just not creative people and mm. still have to grieve you know yeah 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 but i i think yeah i hear i hear what you're saying for sure yeah and it, and maybe it's hard harder for people to find 
some sort of outlet for their grief yeah. if they if they yeah. feel uncreative. But but in a way, it and I sort of I stress this in the book. It's you don't have to write well or sing well sure. or dance yeah. well of course. to to you know process your grief in those forms. You know, um, yeah. I, I don't think people yeah. need to to feel like if they're grieving it's a waste if they, they don't get a book published. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I think, I think some people still would, would like, I, and this is, you know, I, th I like you are very lucky that you are this creative person. Cause I think it does sort of help in your mm -hmm. grief, maybe more than others who um, journaling can be somewhat intimidating. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, 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 like I point out that my journal entries are, ter I think, ter not terrible, but, you know, not non-readable. Like, exactly. And and I think it's yeah. not what it's about. I'm I, not trying to come up with great thoughts about grief. I'm just trying to just say what I'm thinking, ab whatever absolutely. the dumb thoughts are. Yeah. And I think that's a great point to make is that if you are grieving and you do hear people discussing the different ways they grieve that seem like these, like, creative outlets that are helping them and and you don't feel like you're that type of person. I think it's an it's a really important point to make that you shouldn't be worrying about you know the level of your journaling or, or however <laughs> you want to put it. You should just do it, like no matter yeah. what, like just do it. Like you said, you don't have to if you you know whatever it is you think is going to help you, do it in the sense of like trying to help yourself, not to like create this thing. It doesn't need to turn into anything. Right. You could literally journal for a year and then throw the book, throw it away. Like it doesn't, mm -hmm. it, you don't, you don't need to do anything with it. Um, it's yeah. just good to like get that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like it's similar to, you know, people who, who love people who are grieving and, you know, what do they say to them? You know, or, or even what do you say at, at a funeral? What do you say, yeah. you know, at, at Shiva and, and, you don't have to say anything brilliant about somebody who's died. You just have to share a story or share yeah. a feeling. And that's, yeah. that's beautiful and, and sacred. Um, I yeah, agree. Yeah. People wonder like, what do I say to, you know, well, how can I sum up <laughs> my feelings about, you know, your, your daughter who died? And it's like, you don't, <laughs> you can't, that's yeah. not the object. Just say one thing, you know, about Ruby and that's beautiful. And thank you. You know, isn't that so interesting, though, how our, I feel like our brains sort of do that to ourselves, too? Or, or I don't know if it's just like society. I, I, I hate ever. I, I always feel so silly being like, it's society, man. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what is it? What is it? Is it television? Is it movies? Like, what is it that makes us mm -hmm. think like if I don't if I don't have everyone in that funeral home crying like I did it wrong or like I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't. I didn't, uh, you know, prepare well enough for it's like you shouldn't right. feel like you got to be prepared for a funeral. Um, mm. I mean, I'm going yeah. to a funeral on Saturday this this weekend. Oh. I have to go to a funeral and. I am just so appreciative in the fact that the invitation was just like, hey, wear something comfortable, you know, mm. Um uh, my my friend who passed away, unfortunately, he he was a big fan of of being comfortable. He was always wearing Crocs. He was always just like a comfortable guy. So it was like, ever please be comfortable. Like the, no one, you're not. No one's showing up in a suit. It's right. like they really made it so that 
there was no pressure. Oak Tree Memorials was started after experiencing firsthand the challenges of finding modern memorials made from exceptional and sustainable materials that one would want to actually have in their home and live with. The founders wanted to create a solution that not only met their family's needs, but also helped others who were facing the same challenge. After asking friends and family if they had similar experiences, they realized that many others were also struggling to find urns that were both beautiful, discreet, and environmentally friendly. With this in mind, they sought out to design and curate a one-of-a-kind contemporary collection of urns and jewelry crafted from the highest quality of materials for you and your family. Go to oaktreememorials.com and use the code OBSESSED at checkout for 15% off any item of your choosing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like that's something that's not done all the time. And again, yeah. people are obviously, you're, you're allowed to have whatever type of service or celebration you want if you know, if my buddy said everybody had to wear a suit, you know, I guess <laughs> I guess we'd all wear suits. But, yeah. uh, you know, it just it it's not that type of thing. And I just I remember, you know, obviously just a few days ago, sort of talking to a friend and and reading and reading and going over, you know, just what we're going to do and all of that. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was just something that really stuck out to me that I feel like it, it, it made the stress of that sort of go away a little bit in the sense of like oh cool i could just be comfortable um and and something that i sort of wanted to discuss with you as well um is just you know the idea of men um expressing Mm. grief and you know finding a way to be comfortable and 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 talk it's it sounds like you have an incredible support system especially of friends ones that are willing to watch your living room stand-up special and then <laughs> they're also going on walks with you and, and doing and, and and helping you you know through this um some men aren't as lucky some men mm-hmm. aren't creative people some men don't have a ton of friends some men grew up in a in a world or a family where emotions weren't really <laughs> discussed or or shared yeah. that often um yeah. what what's what's your thoughts on that and 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 is there anything you would sort of say or or I, you don't have to recommend maybe is the wrong word but but I just I'm curious on your feelings on being a man and and expressing grief. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is it is um remarkable uh, because because I've written this book about grief so a lot of people who read it reach out to me and they're overwhelmingly women. Um, and in the yeah. grief groups I've been in, there, there are men for sure, but again, yeah. it's overwhelmingly women. Um, and I think, not to blame society, like you said, but <laughs> it, I think it we does sort are. of feel like that a little bit, right? Yeah, well, I think we're we as men we're we're taught that tough guys um, handle it. You know, they handle their emotions. Yeah. Um, and so in the movies that if a guy if a guy is super tough like 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 a superhero literally <laughs> and they lose somebody they get really tough and they drink a lot of alcohol and they don't talk about the person who's dead at all <laughs> yeah right. it's like special rules don't say her name and it's just like <laughs> what the hell yeah that's first of all crazy. how is that tough you're just a, literally avoiding your grief completely and then you're yeah. you're, you're 
you're trying to numb yourself with alcohol, that's not engaging in your pain. So you're just running from pain. That's yeah. not actually superhero material, but that's what that's what we see uh, in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that idea of like, if we're really tough, we, we handle it and handling it means compartmentalizing it, bottling it up and not dealing with it is actually a terrible lesson that, that we, I think as men have, have learned. Um, because actually the, the much more heroic choice is to engage with your pain and ask for help yeah. <laughs> because it's so much harder to do that. It's so socially yeah. awkward to say, I need some help. I need to take a walk. I need to talk about my pain and feelings. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, I, I went to a men's prison just, um, just the other day uh, to talk about grief with these men who wow. were in, in for murder. Um, some of them have life sentences. Some of them have, have been serving for more than 25 years behind bars for some, you know, someone they killed when they were 17, 18 years old. And, um, and their struggle to, to share their grief, it, you know, it's, it's real. Some of them, even after this whole sort of mini workshop kind of discussion we had about grief and expressing, expressing grief, some of the men literally couldn't say the name of a childhood friend who died 30 years ago, uh, their, their wow. best friend. They couldn't say the name. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's so much um, a sense of, uh, you know, we're not supposed to do that. And also fear, fear that if, if we start grieving, we'll never stop. You know, if we start to weep, we'll never stop weeping. Uh, and we'll literally yeah. lose our minds. I think men and women have, have this fear. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so scary to, to really touch the, 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 the railing, as it were. Um, the third rail, that's what I meant, the third rail yeah. um, of grief. But, um, but yeah, the, the other thing that I encountered is that, because I was watching my wife and she has so many close female friends. And I was like, I have, I have lots of male friends, but we don't, we just don't hang out quite as often, you know? Um, and so after Ruby and Hart were killed, I thought to myself, I better change this. I better say yes to every guy who reaches out to me. I'm just going to say yes to them because I need to expand my circle of people that I can talk to about emotional stuff. Yeah. So that was helpful. So that, that in terms of advice, you sort of asking like, yeah, um, is, is really cultivate those friendships and um, and and take those walks. Um, yeah. 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 I feel like I'm very lucky in the sense that I have this group of friends that I've known for over 20 years and mm. this, this friend that we lost uh, just a little over a week ago, he, um, he was part of this friend group. We've all known each other for 20 uh. plus years at this point. Um, but, and, and of course that's sad and, and it's unfortunate that someone that I've known most of my life, I'm 35 years old, uh, mm so that I've known most of my life is, is gone now. I just felt so lucky in the sense that like we all had each other and we've all known each other for so long. Everyone's so comfortable. You know, we all sort of met at this bar just to sort of all be together at first and kind of figure out what the plan was. And yeah. one of my buddies sh showed up to the bar with a box of tissues and was like, Hey guys, right. Wow. Just threw, it, threw it in the middle of the table. And we're just <laughs> like, what, whoever needs it, you know, like this is what we'll do. And, and it was a weird, nice. <laughs> it was a weird sort of, uh, you know, 
you know, at first it was it was it was strange. We were just sort of figuring it out. But I do feel very lucky in the sense that we've all known each other for so long and we're all so comfortable with each other that we could sort of have those conversations and be, you know, be vulnerable in, in, in with each other and in, in front of each other and in a yeah. public bar. I don't know if that was yeah. the smartest move, but uh, yeah. So it's, I, I do feel very lucky in that sense. And I do sort of, you know, it's unfortunate for, for other men who, who don't have that and um, you know, feel like they, they need to, suppress the feelings and not discuss mm. it and and it's like you said it's it's it it just it doesn't make sense to me to be like i'm just gonna you know i'm just gonna ignore it mm-hmm. um but it, it it is it is this thing that i think um needs to be discussed more and yeah. and, and it is an issue that is unresolved i think in a lot of men where they're just not it's not that they're not willing, I guess, to to do the to share the emotions. They don't know how, and and I think it it, mm-hmm. it makes them uncomfortable. And and that, yeah, and I, it's uncomfortable. It, <laughs> it's it very is uncomfortable. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, grief yeah. is uncomfortable. Yeah, grief, <laughs> grief is yes, that is definitely one of one of the things that comes with grief. It's feeling uncomfortable, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's unfortunate, and I hope yeah. that the world that we're living in sort of moves away from that and i think i think we are i think there's people like you um you know there's um there's Mm -hmm. a lot more um being put out into the world i think now that's that's gonna hopefully help that um can i ask the what's your your friend's name um, passed away his name's joe joe yeah yeah he um he fell asleep on the couch and just didn't wake up uh we don't really know what what happened or or you know we'll 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 find out i think at some point but yeah just uh one of those things very unfortunate uh yeah i'm so sorry yeah thanks i i um you know i'm right in the middle of it (laughs) so uh this is this is sort of you know i i knew we had this this interview and I, you know, I woke up this morning and it's like, all right, we're going to, this will, this will be fine. We'll, we'll get through, we'll be able to have this interview. Uh, you know, I was kind of going mm. through your book and, and got a little emotional before we started. And, mm. you know, I'm obviously more than okay if, if I did, but I'm okay. I've, like I said, I've been so lucky and I've spent so much time with friends that I really have been able to, to, to deal with it. And this, this, this celebration we're going to have this weekend will be great. So uh, I'm very excited just nice. to, to see everyone and, and be there for everybody. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to hear more about, you know, obviously the, the book seems great and I, I'm excited. I told you I'm, I'm still sort of getting through it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm very curious as to this one man show that you're doing. Is, is there more that you could tell me about that? Yeah, yeah. But first, I want, I want to plug my book because we haven't said the title. Yes. <laughs> Finding the words, working through profound loss with hope and purpose. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, came out March fourteenth, so it's pretty fresh. Yes, um, please go go check it out. <laughs> um, so the, the solo show, uh, it's called Grief, a One Man Shit Show, and I, right. I performed it first. Uh, basically, the pandemic, you know, sort of ended. Right, lockdown ended, and then yeah. I thought. Uh, and I, I finished my book and then I thought, I, I really want to actually perform this piece. I want to share it. Um, so it's kind of, a, it's a snapshot in very, very early grief. 
you know, if I were to write a solo show now, it would not be that. It, I'd be, mm. I'm, not, I'm not in the same place, but I, I really wanted to honor the rawness of it. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's been helpful to people who, who see it, um, yeah. people who are grieving and also people who ha- have loved ones who are grieving because it, it just sort of gives a window into what might be going on in somebody's mind. Yeah. Um, and and I, I share some of the uglier thoughts, you know. Um, I, 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 I redeem myself by the end of the show. But right. uh, for a while in the show there, it's pretty dark and I'm pretty, I think, emotionally ugly because I'm so angry. Um, so I say some rude things that I think I get away with. Um, but most people wouldn't. <laughs> but, That's interesting. Uh, is, there, is there like yeah. one, is there like a specific one that you feel like sort of, like speaks to people the most or like hits a nerve the most? Well, I, I, you know, I, I start talking about people who've lost just one child and have other living children. (laughs) And I, and I basically say, you know, fuck them. (laughs) But, but, but but then I, then I grow. Right. So I want to make sure your, your listeners understand that. Of course. That's not how I feel, but, um, but, but the idea of comparing loss, I think is real. I think, um, it's not helpful, but it's, we all do it. Um, so in, in some form or other, you know, your, your grief is always going to be the most acute grief around to you. And then you can see other people and their losses. And, and in a way, um, your mind finds ways of comparing such that it's like, oh, fuck them, you know? Uh, and and then my, my show turns and then I, I start to, uh, taking other people's grief in, in a different way. Um, and I think it's, that's very helpful too. Um, and then, and move beyond this idea of comparing anyway, uh, grief is grief, you know, loss is loss. So, um, uh, yeah, so I performed it first at the Hollywood fringe festival in Los Angeles, um, back in last June. So almost a year ago now. Wow. Um, Yeah, and then I performed it in New York for uh, for four weeks. I did a, a, a one month run in New York City, which was very exciting. Got some very nice press cool, and yeah. great houses. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep keep performing it, and we'll see we'll see where it goes. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, do you you sort of you mentioned in the beginning there that this performance you're doing was obviously a very not, uh, not brief, but it was it was a part of your grieving process, right? That was sort of the beginning yeah. process. Yeah. Do you do you do you think there's any value in that, or do you feel like there's any like negative like negatives to, um, and this might be a reach of a question here, but I'm just I'm huh. just thinking like you're sort of putting yourself back into that space or like that time yeah. of grief. Do you feel like that hurts you at all? Like you're mm. sort of like reliving this. I know there's like this right. comedic element to it. And um, do you do you think that has an effect on your overall grieving process by like continuing to to sort of perform this this part of your your grief? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it is something that I, I kind of wrestle with a little bit. When I was first performing it, uh, I didn't feel that at all. I felt I felt very empowered by it. Um uh, it was interesting. I, I I basically grieve publicly when I do the show, and I talk yeah. a lot about Ruby and Hart, and it it gets emotional. But um, uh, but I, I don't I don't fall apart or anything. Sure. Um, it's it's not it's not maudlin. But um, but then afterwards, talking to people, 
I, I always felt energized and then, and then I'd have these pretty powerful moments with people who, who were weeping, um, who had lost somebody and, and, and we'd hug after the show or, or they might tell me their person's name or something about them. Um, and that was very powerful and empowering. Um, but there was a time when I was doing it. So I performed it 28 times now. Um, and so around the 20, 20th, 25th mark, mm-hmm. uh, I was, I was hit with a feeling of, Ooh, this is, this is kind of hard for me to go to the ugly parts like I mentioned before, you yeah. know, yeah. I'm not there now. And I, I, it's, it's not great. And I started to feel bad for the audience for a while. I was like, why am I? Cause I knew many people in my audience had lost children. Uh, you know, I always knew there was at least two people in the audience who, who's had lost children every show. Um, sometimes, sometimes many more than that. Uh, and, and lost other people, spouses, siblings, parents, uh, best friends. And so uh, I, w- there was a, I went through a period where I was worried, like, why am I traumatizing these people? Um, mm. And then, but then afterwards, the audience was always so appreciative. Uh, yeah. And so I sort of let go of that and thought, no, this is really actually helpful because it's so rare that you, that you see somebody uh, expressing these thoughts that I think we all have, but they're, we don't talk about them because they're, they're not pretty. <laughs> and, uh, and that darkness, I think is helpful. It, it, it makes it less scary. You know, I think bring out into the open, bring out you know, into the light of day, these darker thoughts, it does take their, the sting out of them. Um, which I think is so helpful. And so even just your, your, your podcast obsessed with death, you know, people can be, as you said, obsessed with death and it, and it can be bad. They can be, you know, um, uh, stuck and ruminating about them, ruminating about these dark thoughts. And then you share them and start to talk about them. And it, I think it does lighten, makes it, makes it better. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely feel like doing this podcast has helped me with mm. there's still there's still some stuff I'm, I'm i'm trying to figure out i'm definitely not gonna say this has cured me in, in any sense <laughs> but it, it 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 does help it is it you know and like we've sort of discussed throughout this conversation is being able to talk about this stuff is is so 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 important um mm. and i was yeah i was just curious in in how you were sort of dealing with that in the sense just because of like you said you're you're sort of going through this dark part of yeah your performance and i i would you know i would be curious i was curious obviously and i i sort of discussed that with uh with mary francis o'connor when we discussed the grieving mm. brain because she is spending so much time with people that are grieving right and it's just like i i was so curious as to like how she you know dealt with that because it was just like she's just constantly in these conversations with people who are very actively grieving and it's got to take a toll on her as well and yeah. you know, what, obviously, what did she say about it? I, I, the 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 podcast episode we did was almost a year ago, I think, at this point. So I don't ah. remember exactly. I do remember her basically saying, though, that it, of course, she's a very obviously a very intelligent woman. It's something she thought about before she started doing mm. this. So it's like yeah. she didn't go into it not expecting that, and right. and knowing that would be a part of it. So she does have. I, I, I at least remember her her explaining that she does have, you know, sort of boundaries that she goes goes by mm. that help her with that 
and you know ways for her to sort of get out of that space and and sort of the way yeah. she just runs the program and and you know of course a very intelligent woman she she, she had a plan going yeah. into it i think that that helped nice. but um yeah it's 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 just it's it's something that if you're going to be in that that space that you need to be you know careful of i think yeah um, i think self, self-care self is really important yeah 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 absolutely of, yeah yeah i mean especially when you're you're grieving like that but i i just i love that you were you were able to sort of turn this into um you know something creative that that could help mm. you and that could help other people you know you mentioned obviously meeting all of these people who have lost children themselves and I just think that's such a such a wonderful thing to be able to provide something for some a, a stranger who who is going to yeah. you know who's going to connect and relate in a sense that like they're not going to really get from their friends necessarily right you right. know I'm sure there is a there is a part of your grief and and the time you spent with your friends that couldn't fully you know understand what you were going through and and yeah. you know they couldn't fully relate and obviously well, this... well, well now now my circle of friends includes many people who've lost children yeah i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna ask yeah did this the, the i would assume that through this work that you're doing it must have brought those types of people into your life yeah yeah i mean specifically going to grief groups uh yeah. meeting meeting other people yeah um and then becoming friends with them yeah absolutely that's, yeah that's great yeah i it's it's definitely something i've i've mentioned on the podcast before any sort of like group grief like I, you know i've i've d- done al-anon for a very long time mm. um and you know i really i really got a lot out of that when i needed it so the the it's it's a it's a beautiful thing um the ability to just be around other people and just talk like how it's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible how much it helps right <laughs> you know right. it's like <laughs> going back to again just like men and, and not feeling comfortable speaking and i just wish i could i could obviously they have to do the work but it's like i just wish i could there was a a, a, a like a perfect way to explain it's <laughs> it, it's it's like mind-blowing a little bit just like how much just talking helps and yeah. i know that it seems like such a simple thing to say but it's like I can't tell you like how yeah. much it, it just in my life and I'm sure yours and other people's past that it really does just help so much. I, I mean, uh, I think it's, it's how we process anything. It's like, yes, yes. you know, my, you know, we, we, we get married, we invite people to come, right. We, mm-hmm. we, we go see a, a funny movie and we talk about it with our friends. What made yeah. it so funny. It's how we literally process what made that funny and, and, and makes this wedding significant because there are people there witnessing it, and uh, and and we share everything, but we don't we don't tend to share our grief. Uh, yeah. But it, but we need to because it's the same deal. It's part of how we understand life. Talking about it with friends. I just I just remembered how I found your book. By the oh. way, um, Zach Braff posted about it. Oh, nice. He shared it on Instagram, nice. and the reason that I that it just clicked was because I just watched his last movie that's ah. about grief. I'm not sure if okay. uh, if you've watched it yet. Um, 
but I haven't yet, but I'm excited to watch it. Oh um, my gosh, please. Yeah, please watch it. It is. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's very much about grief and, and, and loss and death. And, um, it was, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I have trouble sort of, uh, vocalizing how I feel about oh, it. Um, wow. just in, in like, a, in the sense of grief, it was, it was, it was, it was very well written. Um, I know obviously he's been through some, some loss, obviously a a good amount of loss in his life. So I'm sure that probably helped in the writing process, but yeah, that was, that was it. That's so funny. I totally, I think he just like, he like shared your book on Instagram, I think. And I saw it that way. He he worked with my wife. Uh, My wife directed him in uh, a film cheaper by the dozen. Oh, Uh, that's, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so, uh, so he, he knows me through her and uh, very generously shared. Your wife directed the 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 newest like the disney plus that's awesome i've 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 seen the film i enjoyed it very much oh nice nice i'll tell her yeah please do yeah (laughs) um but yeah definitely not to plug somebody else's stuff but his movie was great but please (laughs) please you know of course please check out check out uh colin's book finding the words uh working through profound loss and hope with hope and a purpose and purpose. Sorry, I'm screwing up the title here. <laughs> it's uh, I'll do. There'll be. I'll I'll make sure to plug it in the intro too. We'll take we'll take nice. care of you. But okay. um, th- uh, thank you so much for for coming on on the podcast. This was this was a a really really um, I, I it was a great great conversation. I I feel like I I, I the fact that all of this is kind of happening with with um me and and my friends right now that i couldn't mm. have asked for like a better person to sort of chat with right now <laughs> that's awesome um, that's so awesome. helpful for me uh i'm so glad i got to have you on the podcast um yeah. i'm so glad you have this book i think it's going to help mm. a, a ton of people you obviously are already helping so many people with with your your show and um you know of course um the the reasons behind it are unfortunate but i think that you, you know the the help that you're going to give a lot of people is there's a lot of value in that so oh, thank you thank you so um, much yeah th- so yeah so again thank you for for coming on the podcast this was this was a really really uh great conversation i think people are going to really in- enjoy it and get a lot out of it and uh yeah i i appreciate it cool yeah yeah it was great talking with you